Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. It's MJ from the Coaches Panel, and, well, Merry Christmas to you, and, man... From a fantasy footy perspective, there is plenty of Christmas gifts around. It is our first 2021 preseason podcast. And joining me on this episode, the 2020 Dream Team overall winner. I've got Reds. Hello, buddy. How are you? Hey, mate. Sorry, I keep forgetting about that. Really? Yeah. Um, it's been <laughs> a crazy year. And um, with it rolling all the time, like you had round after round after round in 2020. Yeah, I don't think I ever had much time to let it sink in properly. Even after the fact, it's sort of like we, you know, we closed up shop, we mm. disappeared. I'd, and then unfortunately, the wifey, all she remembers is that I spent a lot more time than I should have on football, that football game. <laughs> but so you won, mate. So that's it. all that matters. Look, congratulations to that. And also the winners in AFL Fantasy and Supercoach. Speaking of all three of those formats... They're basically all open. Um, AFL Fantasy is the only format that is open to any and all players right now. They've jumped about a month earlier than they normally do and have given fantasy fans uh, a little bit of a Chrissy present, which means if you're an AFL Fantasy coach, you can go and jump into the website now. It's not available on the app just yet. It'll do that a little bit later on in January. You can go and pick your side, all the players, all the positions, everything you need, that's up and going. Dream Team and Super Coach. If you paid for assistant coach or super coach gold uh, during the 2020 season, then you can also head into those formats via the app. It works in those as well. Click on the team picker, which is just should be located above where your current sides and players are listed. And again, all of a sudden, all the players, all the prices, you can start piecing together some pre Christmas sort of goodies before we get in through there. So there is plenty of stuff to look at across all of those formats to play. Riz, I suppose we didn't really do a positions podcast because while they are important, it does also depend on the prices that some of these players have that can ultimately, even if a big name player does get up a, a new position, like a steel side bottom, for example, who's a brand new mid forward for us, these sort of players, while relatively important for us, the pricing is equally as important, not just the position allocation. I think the pricing is actually more important than the positions, to be honest. Mm. Why is that? So often, okay, let's just look at a side bottom, okay? He becomes a DPP forward mid this year. So suddenly he may very well become, and we know that he has in a couple of the formats, the highest priced forward for that position, okay? Yeah. And then suddenly it's like you got two less spots on ground and an extra, you know, with some of the formats, you've got an extra bench spot as well. So three extra spots for that position. Yes, you could swing him into the midfield, but that wouldn't make much sense at his value. So the reality is you have three less spots for him. You, he you would have been a bigger point of difference in the midfield if he was midfield only. And a lot of people were picking him anyway, and he was pretty much a valuable, you know, um, commodity in the midfield at that price because of his average from the year before. Yeah. On top of that, though, 
there's a lot more value that I've been noticing in the forward line this year across the formats where it's like, well, that just means there's less spots for side bottom to come into. So if you decide that a danger field is going to be your number one forward for the year, and then you start looking at all the value in there and you start thinking, well, let's just say hypothetically, a Heaney looks good at that value. Um, someone might break out like a Caldwell, just say, or a Butters or a Rosie. And then you start looking at the Franklins and so on and so forth. And you go, yeah. oh, wow, there's not that many positions left for side bottom to fit. Yeah, no, well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, we, we talk about steel side bottom and some, some really nice stuff through there. He is probably one of the big name inclusions for fantasy coaches this year. Patrick Dangerfield is back in our forward lines again. I know for AFL fantasy coaches, um, th- there were some question marks whether he might get DPP at some point during the year. But look, he's back in there. Dane Zorko, he gained it mid-season in AFL fantasy. But again, he's there available for us full through through the full year. Rowan Marshall's got the ruck forward and Josh Dunkley has also got the forward status. They're probably the big names across the formats. You could argue a Jai Caldwell, who you alluded to. He's DPP, brand new Hawk Tom Phillips has picked up forward DPP. There's a number of others as well with Isaac Smith. Again, probably more draft relevant with him picking that up. They're probably the big forwards that have picked up the new status. And then from a defensive line, Rids, it's probably Lockie Whitfield's really the only big name that's gained defensive eligibility, while some defenders have also picked up a midfield eligibility or another one. Yeah, 100%. So the defence isn't really going to change much. And most of us had Whitfield last year across the formats anyway, so it's not going to be a new name to a side. So we're all expecting what he does. So just on side bottom, for instance, Mm. okay, I just want to go back for one second with side bottom. Now, he's 60,000 more than Dangerfield in AF. And in DT, he's a little bit more than that, my understanding was. So, I mean, it really is a massive gap between one and two. So, if you don't think side bottom can go any better than what he did last year, which, I mean, I think is very, very highly unlikely with that game time that he's had, and yet a danger field who gets another forward comes in, mm. like uh, Jeremy Cameron comes into that side, and that might free him into the midfield more. So he's got a lot more potential of growth. So that's where it's going to be, isn't it, really? Just to have that decision on a player-to-player basis. Yeah, it, it certainly is the case. And as uh, like we've said, AFL Fantasy is fully open to everyone. Dream Team and Super Coach team picker and assistant coach subscribers uh, can go and get in that right now. Although pretty much, honestly, if you tweet us at Coaches Panel and want to know a player's price and position and you don't have access to that, we'll just tell you. But chances are because you're, a coaches panel fan, um, you've probably subscribed to some of those because you're probably more on the hardcore side of things. Speaking of those three formats, it's probably this year, and I know, Rids, we've said it multiple times over the handful of years the coaches panel existed, but it's definitely true for this year, is that every format is going to need a unique strategy and structure more than ever before. And it's because their pricing especially is different. In Dream Team, they're basing it off the um, original non-adjusted averages in Supercoach. They were largely inflated averages you could build a case for because while it was the same points available per game, certain things got weighted a little bit heavier. There'll be some articles and some stuff coming out throughout the preseason that will go through that in more depth. While AFL Fantasy, they've priced things on an adjusted average, which is basically the 2020 average 
and multiply it by 1.25. So their pricing, it, you're going to notice some of that averaging and pricing a little bit different. But because of those things, Rids, man, the way we're going to approach every format has to be different this year. It has to be. We're seeing people who are absolutely a no-brainer selection in one of the formats, but then in the other formats, he might be priced too high and is not even worth consideration. So it's absolutely imperative that you actually spend time across all three formats. Now, it doesn't mean you can't choose the same player across all three. That's not what I'm saying. The thing is, though, there is different values. There's different... Um, there's different players to target from what I am seeing across the three formats. Perfect example, a case of Jack Zebel. Now we're seeing him priced absolutely crazy value in a super coach or a dream team format, where he's actually a lot more money in an AF. Now, again, that goes with the pricing um, rules that they set with going from the last two years and so on and so forth. But, it really does mean that you actually have to keep an open mind and look at these individually. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. So it is going to be fascinating to see how coaches that play multi-formats, again, a lot of the coaches panel listeners, just like you, love to play one, not just one format, but multiple formats across the year and probably throw in a couple of draft leagues as well because you're nuts. But it's going to be fascinating to see how people's strategies and structures and plans uh, that go across all three different ones. One thing I think though, Rids, that will be a dilemma or a discussion point, maybe is a, is a better phrase, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more in depth in the preseason, is around what do coaches do with the big three? Uh, the big three I'm referring to uh, as Jake Lloyd in our back lines, Max Gorn in the ruck division, and Lockie Neal in the midfield last year, you couldn't have had overall success or, or really win a league without having two, if not all three of those guys in your side for, for big chunks of the year. They were absolute monsters and clear top players across their line. I know we just talked about different strategies for different formats, so maybe we need to break it down for each. But Rids, as we sit here just days before Christmas, what should coaches be doing with those big three? Are they too pricey? Are they priced because that's what they're going to deliver? What's your take on the big three in 2021? So what I generally do is I look at a guy, okay, and you've got to do it through individuals. A, is he a captain option? Now, I don't mind paying the big dollars if he's actually a genuine captain option. So I think that means that a Max Gorn is 100% falls in that category. So I will strongly consider Max Gorn across all the formats, especially super coach. Now, the second thing to look into it is draw, okay? Now, I might have mentioned it in a group chat that we are in the other day. Mm. Uh, Lockie Neal's actually got a matchup, and there's potential here that he meets the guy that absolutely tagged him out of the game last year in Ryan Clark. Mm. So that's round one. Now, if, the car, if everything falls the way that it did last year and Ryan Clark's name, I can guarantee you he is tagged in Lockie Neal from day one. 100%. Okay, so does that mean he becomes a viable option or not? That's up to the person to decide. He might decide, you might decide that Lockie Neal is a good enough player to want to get that one back on Clark. 
back yourself in because he is a serious captain option and everything's pretty much a rolling lockout these days with super coach and dream team. Yeah. So you definitely need a VC and a caption option. Now, the other guy to look at is Jake Lloyd. Now, I am a hundred percent. When I come to Jake Lloyd, I'm always torn every year, but the reality of it, and it comes down to still side bottom as well, MJ, mm. which we'll talking about a minute ago. They are so durable. Hmm. Radio. They are just crazy durable. When they play, they will score anywhere from, what, 80 to 120 every single week, pretty much. In Dream They're Team and in Supercoach, it's probably 90 to 130, yeah. Yeah, correct. They're absolute take it to the bank, you know, with the points. Now, the third thing on top of that, okay, with those guys is you need to then look at the draw and work out is there someone with a better draw where you could save 150000 or whatever it is to these guys that could potentially have the same or minimise that point difference and then plan to get them in after the initial magic number drops and that their figures drop a little bit in prices? But again, it is absolutely imperative you have these guys for a large part of the season. If you think that Jake Lloyd is the number one defender and it's going to be the number one defender clear, you just got to get him, okay, mm. from word go. Don't muck around, otherwise you're getting too cute. But if you think that he'll be the number one defender from about round six onwards due to draw, that's another story. So you'd want to plan to get him in around that time. Yeah, and what's going to be a fascinating part of, of maximising getting these guys should they hit a bottomed out price, whether it be 50, 80, 100, 150,000 cheaper, that's kind of the unspoken component of it is can you generate the cash to capitalize on that player at their lowest point? One of the things we saw while it was a shortened quarters and shortened games due to COVID in 2020, we saw sides debuting players out of nowhere, especially due to the festival of footy and both versions of it. What it has meant, while we still do have some good cash cows available, both that have come through the AFL draft this year and those that missed out last year, there is a lot of players' rids that debuted last year. And because of that, the amount of sub-250,000 players, it doesn't feel like there's as much viable cash cows this time as there may have been 12 months ago. 100%. This is what I was saying earlier, is you've got to go through the formats and actually work out where the value points are for which position. So if I go to Supercoach, and I know I'm jumping across the formats a little bit at the moment, but I'm trying to cover everything in the yeah, one yeah, time. Yeah. And I don't want to just talk about Dream Team, because believe it or not, I do play the other formats as well. <laughs> so in the forwards, okay, in Supercoach, if you're really, really tricky about this, okay, Jack Siebel's 250000 Joe Danaher's 233000 Jesse Hogan's 310,000. Buddy Franklin's 312,000. Even a Rosie sits sub 400,000. So I've thrown out four or five names that I haven't even thrown in the cockatoos or the Atu blah, 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 blah alphabet <laughs> um, who went to North Melbourne in that trade with um, Stevenson the other yeah, week. Yeah. So we've got Hutchings, okay, who's now a mid forward with 150,000. One of these guys just needs to get a game. Yeah. They become an absolute no brainer. 
So if I refer, yes, of course, there's injury problems. We know the history. We know what happens with that, okay? But you can't tell me that if Buddy Franklin gets through pre-seasons named round one, that he's not an absolute no-brainer at 310,000 super coach. Jesse Hogan has to be considered at the same price. Jack Zebel. Now, we know that he's had an awful 2020 with injuries and this, and he was limited, and he played yeah. forward. He didn't play in the... Different coach, different yeah. game now. So if he has an absolute rip in preseason, he might end up playing midfield again from round one. We just got to watch the preseason. Two hundred fifty thousand though. I mean, that's two years ago. Bargain. He was a top ten forward for us. Correct. And I mean, people will forget two years ago because he sucked so much last year. That's the that's how we do it in <laughs> fantasy, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, these guys are absolute value. So you have to go through the team as an overall balanced team and pick those ones that are absolute no-brainers. Now, I generally have a list of about 30, 40, 50 names, okay, and I cut it down through the preseason. And you've heard me say this before, one one strike and you're out, Bubba. Like if our buddy Franklin, who's had injury after injury after injury, he has one even if he scratches his nose the wrong way, there's a line going through, buddy, you know? Yeah. And that's how we sort of work through Joe Danaher, you know? So, I mean, I know there's a lot of Essendon supporters. They'll be anti-selecting Joe Danaher, but he's 230,000, guys. Like, it's if he gets through price. pre-season and he pitch hits in that ruck, he's averaging more than $230,000 worth. So yeah, there is no an option here. Yeah, you can make a lot of money off these guys and then actually downgrade and um you know when they make a hundred hundred fifty two hundred thousand downgrade to whoever you want and actually bring in those big names but again you still need to start with a few don't you to actually have captain options and yeah. trying to get those points up from a week-to-week basis to start yeah with. even in afl fantasy where you've got those multiple trades a week use or lose um, you still need some captaincy options that you, even if it's only two or three in that format where you can go a bit more mid-price mayhem and get away with it, you still need a couple of those captaincy options each week. But on top of that, okay, and I'm going to say this in AFL Fantasy, Rodeo, again, jumping from format to format, but AFL Fantasy, if you don't want to pick, if you think Paddy Cripps and Dustin Martin are not in the best lines or positions or whatever else, you don't want to own them, you don't just pick them because they're playing round one and you've got a VC loophole. Yeah. You'll actually have to pick your team with a overall perspective. And that includes AFL fantasy because at times we go from a week to week basis. We do sideways to sideways. There's a lot of people out there that don't complete their teams, you know, as they yeah. move through. And I mean, that, that worked out for me in dream team last year. That worked out great. Cause like, a lot of people went sideways, 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 and they weren't able to complete their team. So it just meant that I was, you know, lucky enough to hold that lead. But for other people out there, if you plan, stick to the plan, keep those guys and build around them, you're always going to go well in the rankings. Yeah, no, it's very, very true. Well, a little bit later on, we want to get some questions uh, from people that have come through. But maybe, Rich, let, let, let's break things down, um, you know, format to format. And I want you to give me a player for each of these formats. We'll start with Supercoach, we'll move to AFL Fantasy, then to Dream Team. Give me a player that in each of these formats that you go, look, they're just a walk-up pick. Like, you know, 
a lot can change in the preseason, but right now, late December, I'm picking this bloke. It's an absolute Monty. Give me then someone that's got some value. You just dropped about 10 names in Supercoach that could be some value for us through there. And then maybe a breakout candidate for us. So maybe not a proven performer that's cheap, but a guy you're like, no, in this format, this guy could really absolutely pump for us. So, so let's go super coach. So a walk-up start, a value pick, and a breakout candidate. Who are your names in super coach this year, mate? Rightio. So I'm going to go, let's be, let's just do it my way anyway, because often I just don't listen to you and I do it my way. Yeah, anyway. exactly right. So my defender in Supercoach that makes absolutely is a no-brainer, Zach Williams, at his yeah. price tag. He's 200000 less than Jake Lloyd. And there's every chance that if he gets the role that we've been promised as him going to Carlton, he could easily be a top defender of the year yeah. for this year. There's no worries about that. For the actual midfielder, okay, I'll just throw out another name. And I'll, I'll throw out one, Jackson Hadley, okay? 310,000 going to the Crows. Um, in his first season, I wasn't looking at the scores from last year because they were stupidly inflated and everything else. The year before, though, he scored a couple of 80s and 90s when he was at the GWS. That's in his first season. He's had yeah. two pre-seasons now. This kid's got every chance in super coach. You know, if he gets that inside bit of inside ball and everything else, he could go... 80, 90, comfortably for the season, mate. Easy. Um, I'll leave out the rucks, okay, for the time being. And I'll just throw in one guy that I mentioned earlier was, um, I actually think Rose is going to break out this year. Yeah, me too. 370,000. Super coach suits his game. Absolute, absolutely crazy if you're not looking at him. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. I can't disagree with any of those names. Um. Uh, what do you got for me in uh, dream team then? Seeing as though you, you do what you want. Talk about the players you want, mate. Go nuts. Right. So dream team. Can I just say, I'm just going to talk one name, okay? Because if this guy gets through preseason, he's had injury problems, but he's the captain of the club, for God's hmm. sake. And he used to be a top 10, 15 midfielder, no matter what. Dyson Heppel is priced at 340000 in dream team, MJ. Like, I mean, I just, just, I, it doesn't matter what he does. 340,000. He's 100K a more than Will Phillips, who's the, the top midfielder from the last draft crop. Like, I mean, it's just absolute madness. Like, yeah, just, just do yourselves a favor and drop on it. Okay? Yeah. He just right. has to get through process. I'll just yeah. name one for Dream Team. Oh, actually, I'll name two. Um, but this other guy that I'm going to name is for everywhere, okay? And that's Connor Menadu. Now, yeah. he sort of slipped under the radar in the rookie draft, um, just recently gone. He went to North Melbourne. He's just over 200,000 across the formats. Now, if he did, he can't break into that North Melbourne team. Like, he's not worth, he's not worth being on any list. Mm. So uh, he is an absolute walk-up start to play for North Melbourne and actually give him outside run, which they absolutely crave in. Mate, he could go a 60-65 average at 200,000 across the formats. Yeah, we've actually got some pretty decent defensive rookies in terms of their scoring potential. Um, Lockie Jones um, out at Port Adelaide, he's every chance to bust his way into the side. If Will Gould can get through whatever that stopped him playing this year and actually play this year for Sydney... You know, um, there is a bunch of them. Um, and don't forget, mate, Rory Thompson. 
Yeah, rookie price, price this year. Now, Super Coach absolutely loved the tall defenders. Like, yeah. I tell you now, Super Coach is a no-brainer at 170 if he gets through preseason because yeah. he's their number one defender. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's Sam Collins and he are really their big tall. So, yeah, I think it's a good call. All right, what about for AFL fantasy? You dropped a couple of names for us there before we hit some questions. Any AFL fantasy players you want to talk about or float out into the ether? Yeah, so Dylan Robertson, like, I don't know if he's best 22. I'm pretty sure he's not best 22, but I'll tell you what, if he's around that mark at 170000 in AFL fantasy, wow, wee, Batman. He's insane um, cheap everywhere, but yeah, uh, basement price in AF. I'll tell you who I wouldn't be picking, is Jack Zeeble at 640000 No. Um, just throwing it out there, so... Rory Leeds, 110,000 cheaper than Jake Lloyd in AFL Fantasy. So he's one of those guys. If you can only pick one because they're sharing the same buy and so on and so forth, mm. like, I mean, why not? Like, 110,000 saved could be easily. What are they going to have? Five, 10 points over the year at game? Mm. Like, if you're that worried about five or 10 points from round one, round two, round three, you're absolutely mad. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other guy, now, you might call me Captain Obvious here, but Braden Proust. Seriously. One of the easiest picks of the season. Isn't it? For AFL Fantasy, it's an absolute no-brainer. Now, yep. the reason why I say AFL Fantasy, though, is the other guys around that mid-price ruck options that we might actually be contemplating. Like, I've heard plenty that Ben McAvoy's the number one ruck at Hawthorne, and he'll probably end up playing there as mm. the number one ruck at Hawthorne this year. If he is... Wow, Wade, mate. Like, he's got to be looking. And there's also that young um, Richmond um, Sudanese kid who's also a defence ruck. Yeah. And a rookie price. So you can actually swing in between defence and, you know. And we're talking, what, 300,000, 400,000 for McAvoy? Stefan Martin is sub 300,000 in some of the formats. Yeah, in some of them, yeah. And I can tell you now, they didn't go out and chase a big body player to support Tim English. Now, the only thing that scares me off Stefan a little bit is there's a Brody Grundy waiting for him at round one. Yeah. But, I mean, the reality is that that sort of value, that's madness. Like, and the other guy is um, Tom Hickey, who's sub 300,000 in Dream Team as well. But all of those three guys I just mentioned are actually well and truly more than Proust. So it's like when you're looking around sub 400 in AFL Fantasy in the rucks, Proust just stands out, mate. Yeah. He absolutely stands out. So, I mean, if you're not going to go the big guys, and I, I don't see why you would. With not both, anyway. Yeah. Play, yeah. Like, I think you start one of them. <coughs> and then I think a Proust is really a no-brainer. Yeah, look, and, and we know what he can do when he does get that soul rack time. So it's not an unproven, hope-filled, cross your toes and fingers and hope. It's the, well, as long as he's fit and gets through games, you're going to get, with 20-minute quarters, 75 out of him at a base, um, it, almost regardless of who he's playing against. Now, MJ, though, doesn't this feel a bit deja vu? Didn't we have the same conversation with Sam Jacobs last yes, year? Yes, we did. Yes. So I just want to call this out, Rodio. I actually started with Sam Jacobs in Dream Team. So mm. you can recover from a bad call. 
There's yeah. no worries about that. You just got to use the logic you've got with the, what you know. And what we know right now is Braden Proust as a sole ruck can go 70, 80, 90s all day. He's been recruited to GWS. He's a lot younger than Sam Jacobs, which is very, very important. Yeah. Mumford's a year older. He's the only guy that could actually cause any issues there. But really, why would Mumford can't jump anymore? No, that, so that's right. Unless Proust gets suspended, Mumford shouldn't see any football. No, look, maybe if there's some festivals of footy again where they, they've, you know, got some close back-to-back games where they try to load manage or something like that. But but I agree. While there's some, you know, some parallels in the conversation, they are very, very different scenarios. I and thought I you were going to go down a different line. Is a part of it, yeah. I thought you were going to say, unless there's festivals of footy and Mumford's dressed as a clown with a red nose with a... Well, that could be it too. You know, selling waffles on a stick, then we... Where I hope we shouldn't see him. No, no, I don't think we should see him at all. All right, let, let's jump into some of the uh, the questions that have been landing in over the past 24 hours on social media. Ryan's got an AFL fantasy question about a very interesting player, Luke McDonald. Um, it feels like he's flying under the radar. He averaged 110 after the role change. And with uh, the extra meters and minutes available to him, he's only priced around the 90 in AFL fantasy. Again, remember, they're priced with the addition of the times 1.25 what's your thoughts on luke mcdonald this year rids i don't think you can start with him but i think he's one to watch now there's a new coach going into north melbourne they've got a lot of lists turnover does mcdonald play a lockdown role there's no more marley williams and everything else we did see at times he was locking down on people um we know that he actually scores huge when he has that role. But I just don't see, like, it, he fell into that role a little bit last year because North Melbourne just didn't know how to play football anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's like they had to chip it around the back line. They had to, he was taking the kick-ins and so on and so forth. Does Aiden Call take kick-ins now that he's at North yeah. Melbourne? You know, there's a lot of questions around this. The ball's definitely going to be in their back line a lot, but I just, I just don't know. Like, I, I think there's enough queries not to start him. Yeah, he does I, I represent think he, a little he's bit that of kind of guy that you're going to keep him on the watch list. And because there's been such a radical turnover in that list in North Melbourne and a brand new coach, which will come with a brand new game style, I'm hesitant to advocate for he's a start until you see something to qualify that. At the moment, you're just hoping he retains season. what he got MJ. last year, which... You can't do it. I think it's got to be in season. You've got to see it in season because a lot of those pre-season games, there was only those two country games. Yeah. I think that that's likely to change. Like, they, teams might be playing fools and stuff. You just don't know where things are at with that. Absolutely. Like, I think it's got to be in season. But I reckon I'm with... Um, I know Kane got him last year at some crazy value. Yeah, yeah. He does represent a bit of value because of those that poor start last year. So if you want to jump on him, wait for a game or two, see what role he's got in the season and make the jump before he starts rising in price and super coach and dream team. AFL fantasy is probably the one place where you could start him. Even though I said, you don't want a sideways trade. What happens then is people will start in one game. If he doesn't have the role you think he's going to have, you're going to use that trade to go sideways instead of trying to complete and better your team. 
Yeah. So that's where the challenge is. Well, I think any of those guys that you target in, in that format of the game, that it's not what you expect. Set, set a role and a point scoring threshold. And if he doesn't hit that after the first two weeks, move to that breakout candidate that you do see coming off the back line. If you were a bit apprehensive about a, a Zach Williams, just picking a name out of a hat, but he dominates the first two games. Well, okay, jump on. And yeah, you might be down 50 points, but you can ride the wave for the next couple Correct. of weeks. People did that with Jeremy Howe this year, um, you know, to great effect as well. So there's strategies, just build um, contingencies in place along the way so the you don't thing, get yourself exposed if it doesn't go your way. And the other thing, MJ, is set realistic goals. <laughs> yeah. Don't trade him if he scores 60. 60 is not terrible. You know what I mean? Like, Especially if you had the role too. Game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch the game and see how your gut feels about how, you know, is he okay to watch? He just didn't get the ball much or... You know, there's sometimes people are in the right positions and they just score poorly because yeah. it just doesn't fall their way. Yeah, it could be wet. And so a, a mark kick game doesn't work. There's so many variables. What's worse in fantasy footy? There are two really horrible things. One is you backed in a player all preseason and you didn't have the courage to pick him for whatever reason. That's a horrible feeling. What's worse is you did pick him. They have a bad game. You get rid of them and then they fly for the rest of the year. That's the worst yeah. feeling in fantasy footy. Oh, and it happens so much. Oh, every year. Uh, let's keep moving through some of these questions. Another one's come in uh, from Ryan. Thoughts on Isaac coming with Short, Williams, and Core all gone. He thinks he's easily in their best lineup. He was a popular pick last year, only got a game or two, and then was barely seen. Is he one of those big names that could come into that GWS backline? 100%. And no Shaw. Um, no Williams, you know, Haitley dropping out, Corbwell dropping out. There's a few other people that have moved on as well. But he's absolutely, he's every chance to be best 22. Yeah, and I think, you know, if that's the case, he's a potential to score well. He's reasonably priced across your formats too. A little bit more of a stepping stone, um, so he doesn't have to break out completely. But yeah, he's certainly around the mark. An AFL fantasy question from Gabe Rids. I'm about to give you five or six names. He wants you to rank them in order, even if you can just give me the top three of the names. Here's who he's got, uh, potential players. Heppel, Sloan, Yo, Haitley, Raul, Prestia, and Cunnington. They're all around that 450 to 600-ish sort of range. So say, so I've got a Prestia and I've got a Heppel. Okay, I'll give I've the rest of them. Sloan, Yo, Haitley, Raul, and Cunnington were the other names. So how much is Yo? I know he was pretty cheap across um, a few Well, I'll go in and check for you in just a second. But it, would he be your number one pick regardless of that? Uh, he is a 679. See, I think the best bet there, and again, a lot of this is going to determine a okay, with um, preseason and everything else. And I know you said it was AFL Fantasy, which is why I mentioned Heppled earlier at 340,000 in Dream Team. He's 566 in AFL Fantasy. Yeah. Um, I would go Sloan over Heppel at that value. Yeah. I think Prestia is probably got enough issues around his Achilles and his legs to just stay away from at the time being. Um, even last year, he was rested at times when he was looking like he was going okay. I think Yo would be the top. So let's go Yo, Sloan, Heppel. 
All right, there, your top the three. One, in. Missed, That's a pretty the decent name. three. And again, there's no reason why you can't pick all of them too in AFL Fantasy. It's not just... No, there's no reason at all. Go nuts. So pick whatever ones you like. All right, last couple of questions before we wrap up this. James wants to know, two-meter Peter, what's his scoring potential like? Uh, could he be that forward that uh, Essendon really need? with now McKernan at St Kilda and Danaher at Brisbane? Well, he could be, but I don't think he will be. <laughs> it, it, anything backing that? No, uh, if you're looking at Peter Wright for fantasy football, you're probably playing the wrong game. Yeah. Uh, and again, depending on the format, like in Supercoach, why would you go for a Peter Wright when you've got a Jack Siebel? Well, how much is Wright in Supercoach? Well, stop asking these price questions expecting me to know, mate. Uh, 292000 So for 18000 you can get Hogan. For an extra uh, 20000 you get Buddy. You can save 60000 and get Joe Danaher. You can save 40 odd thousand and get Zebel. Um, No thanks. Yeah, okay. Well, I'd rather pick my nose than right. Question asked. Um... Fair enough. Um, uh, one, uh, David, a.k.a. Fox, has a question for you, mate. After such a dominant year, can you or will you go back to back in 2021? I'll listen to him. Can I just highlight to everyone out there, everyone's talking about me having an okay season. Fox came third. Yeah, he did pretty MJ good. came 13th. And Kane came 18th. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry about me. Look at those guys. They're the ones that have got breakout seasons happening. They're going to probably be the hardest to beat in 2021. Mate, I'm going to be the Adelaide Football Club of fantasy footy this year. Uh, and when I mean Adelaide Football Club, I mean the 2018 version. I'm going to crash and burn. Don't you worry uh, about, about Fox, that. Eh? Uh, here's a question from Jacob. Uh, sorry, mate. Uh, Jacob, uh, he's like, it's a bit too early for me to think about salary cap formats, but draft leagues never rest. He's in an existing keeper league. Which players should he be going after in the preseason? Is there a player you think, mate, you might be able to snag him a little bit cheap under the radar in a keeper league trade? Wait a sec. Why is it too early to think about salary? I don't know, but he's saying, I'm just reading the question, mate. I'm not. Well, if he's listening to this podcast, why is he, well, he shouldn't be asking a question if it's too early for salary. Mm -hmm. If he listens to this podcast, I would argue that it's not too early and that he should actually ask a salary question. Um, in existing keeper league, which players would I be going after in the preseason? Yeah, someone that had a um, poor year last year that you reckon you can get value for this year. Uh, Michael Hurley, if you're looking after a defender, his potential yep. there to have a nice year. Jack Zebel, Taranto would be definitely someone I'd be targeting. Yeah, agreed. People are a little bit off him. I'd probably look at Dunkley, although um, he probably hasn't helped at all by getting DPP. Uh, maybe a Trelaw going to the Dogs. No one yeah. knows what's happening with the Dogs this year. So there's about a million midfielders and about two forwards, I think, from their whole team. Mm -hmm. I think they've got one full back, two full forwards, and the rest midfielders. And a couple of rucks that really are tall midfielders, yeah. Like, seriously, like, what are they doing? Um, yeah, so I'd do that. All right, fair enough. Thomas wants to know your thoughts on Patrick Ambrose in AFL Fantasy. He's only priced at 235k, so he's cheap, 
but is he cheap for a reason or is he cheap because there's value to be found? Look, and don't take this the wrong way. I just wouldn't go anywhere near him. Okay. Like Patrick Ambrose is a lockdown tall defender. Like he's had a couple of games here and there where he does stuff, but 235,000, I just reckon there's better options. Oh, I think that's fair. Uh, Matthew wants to know, how are you lads approaching budgets slash prices given we're now going back to 20-minute quarters? E.g. 2020 averages should presumably drop closer to 2019. What is the real question is, do you really start with Lockie Neal? No. But, okay, what I am doing, my whole strategy for the 2021 preseason with prices is just to ask MJ how much every player is worth. Oh, you're a jerk. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't be starting Neil. I think he's too much. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and I'm sure it'll be something that we talk about with Lockie Neil and other players. Uh, given that uh, time on ground and points per minute are often um, factors that are talked about a lot in fantasy footy, but given shortened quarters, they played an even bigger impact um, in some formats of the game. So it is definitely going to be something we talk about a lot. And I'll tell you about him. One of the things we'll talk about Lockie Neil as a guarantee in uh, 2021 last question from chris he wants to know your thoughts on the scoring ability of these three players that have changed clubs maybe maybe give me a ranking out of 10 10 being they're going to be an absolute beast a uh, a zero being well whatever you want to think of it jai caldwell jai caldwell is a pass to start with but he's got some real good scoring potential if he gets the role at essendon Okay, Again, so like a, a six or a seven ones. sort of guy if he gets that midfield roller a little uh, bit higher. He's, he's a definite breakout candidate. There's no worries about that. I just, it takes a bit of time when you go to a new club. I know that, but they've got a new coach. Yeah. I mean, where does he fit in the whole big scheme of things? I just think there's enough questions there just to hold off just for the time being. He is absolutely a gun. There's no doubt yeah. about that. And he will be very, very good at the Bombers. Um, well, there you go. Jacob, or whatever your name was, he's one guy I would target. In a case he's of a league, yeah. And he's a uh, mid-forward now too. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He won't be after this year, but he should develop into a really decent, solid... I don't think he goes much more than 85, 90 for his career. Um, but you just don't know. Like, I mean... This guy could go 75, 80 comfortably across the formats, I would have thought, this year if everything goes to plan and he gets the role. Yep, fair enough. Two, last two players from Chris here wants to get your thoughts on Orazio Fantasia, defender forward this year. Uh, he's a defender forward this year, which makes it absolutely intriguing. Mm -hmm. Hey, at Port Adelaide, I keep looking at this and I keep thinking to myself, Butters and Rosie were playing a lot of forward because they didn't have a specialised small forward. Correct. Gray would pinch hit in the midfield and stuff. Fantasia could free some of these guys up mm -hmm. 100%. So I don't think Fantasia will be absolutely fantasy relevant himself, but he might free up someone who becomes the Andy Brayshaw of 2021 in a Butters or a Rosie. Yeah, so, it's very, very true. Last question from Chris. He wants to know yeah. your thoughts. And we've talked about him a little bit as one of your, you know, serious, you know, like no-brainer picks in Supercoach. Jackson Hately, is there some value 
worth considering him in the other formats too, or is it super coach pretty much exclusively for Hately? No, no, he's got value everywhere. He's got, um, I just, he was scoring 80s and 90s for GWS as a one-year kid playing on a wing. Yeah. Now, he shouldn't play on the wing if he comes to Crows. So I reckon you just got to keep an eye on him. He's awkwardly priced. I think um, in some of the formats, it wouldn't be much more than 100000 to get a Matty Rowell. Yeah. Um, Dyson Heppel was a couple of hundred thousand less or something in Dream Team. Like, I mean, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Sloan might be um, might be the crow, though, to keep an eye on this preseason. Yeah, I think if you're picking a Crows midfielder for value, now, again, very different in Supercoach where Haightley's like 100K more than a, than a cash cow. So it's a different story. But, yeah, I think Sloan, if you're looking for an underpriced Crow midfielder, he's your one. So... All right, there you go, Rids. Uh, that is all our questions lined up for this episode. There is uh, one more bit of uh, news uh, that we need to share with you, and that is coming January 1 in 2021, the 50 most relevant kicks off yet again, where I'm going to count you down with members of the coaches panel, but also right across the fantasy footy community. Yet we have had a bunch of different people, uh, the Draft Doctors, the Phantom, Footy Rhino, uh, the Rain Man's been involved. Um, a bunch of others that I've completely forgotten about as well. Um, and so my apologies uh, for those. They've been in the past. Hopefully we'll get some of those lads involved in the future and some others where we count down who I believe are the 50 most relevant players across Dream Team, Supercoach, AFL Fantasy. We put them in a big mixing bowl because that's what we do here at the Coaches Panel. We talk about it all and spit out in salary cap formats. Who are the most relevant players? There'll be a daily article at coachespanel.tv and a daily podcast that will land via Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. And here's the best part about it all. If you become a Patreon member, you'll get 24-hour early access. Yes, you'll be ahead of the pack if you join our Patreon. All the links for that are also at coachespanel.tv. And so, Rids, I'm looking forward to this year's 50 because they're... There's about 100 players that could fit in this year's 50. It's a fascinating year. 100%, mate. I reckon Rory Thompson's a fair chance to crack the number one this year too. Oh, are you just being a jerk because I had Marlon Pickett last year in the top? No, I think he's second last year. <laughs> so you're just now, picking Marlon a cash cow. Was, you know what? Marlon Pickett was one of the highest selected players. He was. And... If he didn't get off him early, he actually had a few good games middle of the year, which yeah, would have yeah, been very bad. handy. So he's actually not a bad pick. So I understand why he was in the relevant. The other thing we should also say, though, MJ, as we always do it, sometimes it's also relevance in regards to not selecting them. Of course. So, and that could be a draw, that could be a tag. We've seen a lot of lot a lot of options over the years haven't we oh it's not just about price it's not just about scoring output it's not just about fixture it's not just about discount it's not just about role in a team it's not just about trade um it's about all of these things combined and put together at the every single podcast they'll be daily coming through those first 50 days of the brand new year we'll spend 15 20 minutes dissecting every single one of these players it's in depth it gives you our take and we'll also even because i know there's a bunch of draft listeners as well we'll tell you where we think they should go in a draft in a seasonal draft 
and whether or not they've got some value in a keeper league for you too. So hopefully, no matter the fantasy footy format you choose to play in 2021, or play all of them, we got you covered. There's some more exciting stuff we want to tell you, but we might save that for a little bit earlier into the 2021 season. Hey, Rids, thanks for jumping on this episode, mate. Easy. Merry Christmas to everyone and have a safe and happy new year all. Couldn't have said it any better myself. We'll see you next year, team. January 1st is when the 50 most relevant kicks off for a whole new year.